Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Holland, Friday, by Lucy Catherine. Will you love me when I'm gone? I stand in a field of wheat stubble under a full moon. The brown hare sits on its haunches opposite me. A creature of many names. The lurker in the ditches, the trickster... The one who doesn't go straight home. The traitor. The friendless one. The fellow in the dew. Its nostrils quiver as I reach out to touch it, but it disappears. I look down. I am standing over the decaying body of a woman as a murmuration of starlings skim across the evening sky. The crow swoops in and lands nearby, It cocks one black eye at a shimmer of light in the yellow stubble. I kneel down to look on one finger, a distinctive ring, the image of an elongated hair leaping over a sliver of moon. Dream interrupted. 8.55am, Friday. God, help me. Hello? Where the hell are you? I was dreaming you woke me. Not exactly. Evie's conscious again. I heard. What? I heard what you just said. That's great news. I'm at the hospital trying to arrange a time to interview her. Sorry. Sorry, Sadie. I've got to go. (laughs) Oh, shit. My body is in a state of shock. The alcohol, the sex, the dreams, a combination that leaves me in a state of temporary catatonia. I stare at the purple-coloured vomit seeping its way into Jim Okafor's functional bedroom carpet. Some of the poison in me has been expelled, but not enough. I still feel it coursing around inside, and for a moment I am in utter despair, as if I am standing on the edge of the sinkhole again, waiting to be pulled down. Reality kicks in. I'm a guest in a stranger's home and I've been sick on the floor. I can't leave for work without cleaning it up. Hi. Hi. Where are you? In your bedroom. That sends a little shiver of excitement through me. This should never have happened. You're Evie's doctor. You're involved. No one needs to know. Yes, yes. Let's keep this quiet. How is she? In good spirits. I'll be coming in to interview her as soon as I've got my shit together. There's no rush. We've got to run some tests. It was great last night. You were wild. No, don't talk about it. I might be sick. I wasn't that repulsive, was I? No, no, you were lovely. I think. Oh. Hangover. There are some antiemetics in the bathroom cabinet. Thanks. Can I be very uncool and say what I'm thinking? Yeah, but can I go first? Okay. It's too late for antiemetics. I puked on your carpet. I've cleaned it up, but there's a bit of a mark. It doesn't matter. My turn. I want to see you again. Seriously? 
What about tonight? Just a drink. Get to know each other. Okay. A soft drink, provided I don't die during the day. This is a day to give thanks for the autonomous vehicle. The car's navigation system is synchronised to my phone, so at the touch of a button it makes its own way to my location and is waiting for me outside when I leave Jim's house. My throat is cracked and my head throbs. There used to be a drink-drive limit. I would be well over it. There is no drink-ride limit, so I doze peacefully on the way into the centre. I've directed the car to park itself in Hawthorne. A walk round the lake might clear my head before I meet Sadie at the hospital. You have arrived at your destination. There's a strange light this morning. Drizzle falls from a grey sky, but there is an orange hue to everything, as if the sun has found a way to shine here in spite of the clouds. All the trees in the park, planted in neat rows alongside the pathways, are in flower. Ghostly white petals flutter across the manicured lawns, but the water in the lake is dark and impenetrable. Aldo, play anything recorded on my phone from last night. 6.15pm. Hi, Jess. I'm here at the bar. Hope to see you shortly. 6.28pm. Hi, Jess. I'm... Skip. 6.49pm. Hi, Jess. It's ten to seven. Maybe I've mixed up the times. Anyway, uh, I'm just going to finish the drink and then I'm leaving. Skip. 12.36am. I go to drain the glass. <laughs> it's the lake. Drink it. Harland, Hareland, with the shrine to St. Melangeth somewhere at the bottom of the lake. I imagine myself a priestess, burning the herbs, chanting the words that will enable me to make the transformation. I look up. He's there, hair mask, the pilgrim, standing in front of the car, gazing in at me through the windscreen. My mouth goes dry. I feel my heart beginning to race and my breathing becoming too shallow. Press my hand to my sternum. Regulate the breathing. Just as I feel ready to get out and confront him, he brings both hands to the side of his face and slowly, deliberately lifts the mask. You stupid bastard. Dan, with a dumb grin all over his face. He's already turned and started walking purposefully towards the shopping centre. Dad! That was out of order! As he strides away, he pulls the hair mask back down over his face and disappears through the doors. You okay, Sarah? You look like boiled shite. Could you be a bit more direct next time? I only say what I see. It was something I ate. Really? Yes, really. Have you got any paracetamol? Sure. I need them all. Evie's okay. She's conscious and talking. Probably more coherently than you are. Here, you'll need these mints as well. You smell like a distillery. Thank you. They're doing a load of tests on her at the moment. We could have gone straight in otherwise. If you don't feel up to it, you don't have to do this. That's right, isn't it, officer? Absolutely. How are you feeling, Evie? This is Sarah. She found you in the tree. Do you feel able to answer a few questions? Yes. Tell the officer what you remember 
If you're too tired, just say. I'm fine, Dad. DS Shukri will be recording, if that's all right. Yes. Ready. How much do you remember about the day you disappeared? Uh, it was the first day at new school. Scary. I felt anxious the whole time. Couldn't wait for the bell to go. I remember coming out and there was just being too many people. I didn't want to get on the bus. It was a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So you decided to walk? I must have done. You don't remember deciding to? I just remember being scared. When we found your bag, it had something quite unusual in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was a very old piece of paper inside an envelope. It had a poem of some kind written on it. I can show you a picture on this screen if you like. Okay. Do you recognise it? No. When we examined it very closely, we also found it had an image imprinted onto it. Do you recognise this? It looks like a rabbit. Mm. It's a hare jumping over the moon. I've never seen it before. Uh, we believe your teacher, Miss Clark, placed the envelope in your bag. You never found it? No. She said she put it there to protect you. Have you any idea what she might have wanted to protect you from? Oh, I suppose you'd have to ask her that. That's enough now. I don't mind that. Well, I do. Dr Okafor said you had to take things very steadily. What's going on? Hi, Laurie. We're just interviewing your sister. You'd better come back another time, Detective. No problem. I'll call later. Hopefully we can continue this conversation when you feel a bit stronger, Evie. Well, that was a complete waste of time. You could have stayed in bed. She might remember more as her recovery goes on. Sarah, could I have a word with you? Sadie, give us a minute. Of course. What is it? Evie wants you to come back. Now? Later, when Dad's not around, when no-one's around. Oh, all right. I'll make sure Dad's out the way. I'll message you the time. OK. Did Evie say this? No, she thought it. And then she thought that I should tell you, so that's what I've done. The twin thing. It's not a myth. It's real. You have to believe me. I believe you. Sadie agrees to cover for me for an hour so I can go home and get a shower and a change of clothes. When I get there, I end up sitting outside in the car. I know how much of a mess it is in there and I am struggling to face up to it. Thank you for calling Harland High. Please listen carefully to the following five options. Phone. Please leave your name and number and I'll get back to you. This is Sarah, Harlem Police. Why didn't you show up last night? Give me a call when you get this, please. <clears throat> Hello? Hi. Is this about Evie? No, it's about you. I wanted to put your mind at rest. What about? I'm on a break, so I just popped home. The carpet looks good as new. Oh, don't remind me. I have deep, deep hangover shame. You know the Magnifica? The cocktail bar on the way towards the shopping centre? Weren't we in there last night? Meet you there at 8? Make it 8.30. I have no more calls to make. Can't put this off any longer. When I open the door, the smell hits me right away. The bin is overflowing. Filthy plates piled up high in the sink. 
washing basket buried beneath a small mountain of dirty clothes in front of the dormant washing machine, as if they've died just a few short steps from their salvation. I had forgotten how neglectful I've become of my own basic needs. It was lucky the counselling service did the psych evaluation remotely. Anyone professional seeing the inside of this place would be signing me off indefinitely within the hour. As I closed the door, I noticed an envelope on the floor. No name, no address. Must have been hand-delivered. Inside, a folded piece of parchment inscribed with six words of beautiful, intricate calligraphy. Hair, hair, God send thee care. The incantation offering protection. What are you playing at, Jess? Hello? Sarah, it's Dan. Can you get here? You've got to see this right away. (sighs) Come in and sit down. This is depressing. What? I, I cleaned round a bit. I, I thought you might like it. It's actually tidier than my place now. What did you get up to last night? Last night? I saw you in a karaoke bar on a CCTV with some bloke. You seem to be having fun. Am I here so you can pass judgement on my social life? If you want to get pissed up and sleep with random guys you've known for five minutes, that's completely up to you. Uh, what? Who do you think you are? My mother? Have you checked him out properly? Have you, you seen his vax records? I mean, are you sure he's not been convicted of a violent crime? My private life is none of your business. How did you even know I went home with him? I've got access to the highway's cameras as well. I picked up your car coming into town from an unexpected direction this morning. Is that why you pulled that stupid stunt with the mask? Because you're jealous that I have a sex life? What stunt? That is exactly what I'd expect from a sad little prick like you. Feigned ignorance. You're pathetic. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Goodbye, Dan. And if I find out you are continuing to watch me, I will arrest you for stalking, you bloody creep. But, hey, don't you even want to see this footage? Send it to my phone. Then stay away from me. Laurie messages instructions. Wait outside the hospital at 3pm. At 2.50, she'll begin to feel faint and in need of some fresh air. She'll ask her dad to go with her for a stroll around the park. Once she's left the hospital gates, I can head up to Evie's room and have a few moments alone with her. While I'm waiting, the file finally arrives from Dan. The footage he was so desperate for me to see. Aldo, download and play, please. The video starts, time stamped with today's date, 10.13am. The reactivated camera in the church. The view is from the back of the room. The Reverend Lindsay Giles stands in front of the altar, looking towards us, talking to someone we can't see. The clip is silent, and it's too far away to discern what she's saying, but she appears animated and emotional. At one point, she falls to her knees hands together, mouthing some fervent prayer. After this, she seems to become calmer, more relaxed, or is it resignation, acceptance of her fate. She stands again and takes her clothes off. She climbs onto the altar and lies down as a figure in dark clothing walks into shot. The hair mask, quite identifiable even from this angle. She holds out her arms to him, and he goes to her. The clip cuts, and a message appears, scrolling across the screen, ticker tape style. You can guess the rest. I'm not some kind of voyeur, and I'm not stalking you. 
Hello. They're coming out through the foyer now. Great. Keep an eye. If they start heading back, message me when they get to the park gate. Give me plenty of time to get out. Will do. Sitting on a chair outside Evie's room is someone I did not expect to see. Good afternoon, Detective Ward. Reverend Giles. The last thing I want to do is fill in the remaining activity which Dan chose to cut from the tape. But it proves to be impossible not to imagine this middle-aged woman of the cloth having sex on the altar of her church with a sinister man wearing a hair mask. How are you? I've had better days, to be honest. What are you doing here? I'm always here on a Thursday, doing my hospital visiting. It's nice to be able to offer what one can to those in need. I'm sure you must find that very rewarding. Oh, it is. Believe me. If you'll excuse me. You can't go in there. What? I'm waiting to see her, myself. I like to introduce myself to any new patients who look like they'll be in here for a while. The nurses are in there doing something at the moment. I think she may have soiled the bed, poor child. I look in through the small glass panel in the window. The bed is surrounded by screens. This is important. You cannot go in there. Take your hand off my arm. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was... That was silly of me. My apologies. (laughs) Yes? They're on the way back. Get going. Bollocks. Who's this? You know who it is, Dan. I've got video disabled. Wouldn't want you to think I was spying on you. He is slouched in an armchair in front of the low table, his back to the wall of screens. A platter of different kinds of shit food is spread out in front of him, like some terrible parody of a medieval banquet. Help yourself to fries. No, thanks. So what are you doing here? Stalking your stalker? It was weird. You have to admit that. It was. I'm sorry. What made you think it was a good idea to start tracking my movements? I don't really understand it myself. Just sort of a protective thing. I felt like you were in danger and I might be able to help you. For your information, he is a doctor at the hospital. He's not an axe murderer. He's good looking as well. Some guys get all the luck. Where did you get the hair mask from? What? For the prank. You scared the shit out of me. Uh, I swear I have no idea what you're talking about. You were stood in front of my car wearing the hair mask. (gasps) Where was this? Hazel Car Park. Seriously? You must have dreamt that. You've got form for falling asleep in there. I know. I'm sure it was you. Well, let's have a look at the footage, shall we? (coughs) Okay, so, you reckon it was about ten this morning? Yes. In Hazel? Uh, Maybe it was Hawthorne. Right, well, that will explain why we can't see you. Hang on. Right, there we go. Okay, so we can see you rolling up at 9.59. Forward it a bit. The camera is quite far away, but I can make out myself looking out of the offside window. I remember listening to the previous night's voice notes. The dream about draining the lake from my glass and the crow telling me that I am special. Then he appears. Shit. He came out of nowhere. Roll it back. Perhaps we missed something. No, it's glitchy, man. The same as before. The camera is behind him and above. His image fades in and out, but we can make out enough in silhouette to see that he stands in front of the car for a while and then lifts the mask before moving off. Oh, you didn't dream it. I didn't dream it and I didn't imagine it. 
It really happened. Uh, but it wasn't me. Well, it looked like you. But it can't have been. I was here the whole time. Stop it there. As Glitchy Man turns to walk towards the shopping centre, before he pulls the mask back over his face, there's a moment when his face is almost captured on camera. It's fuzzy and only partly formed, but it is the closest we have come to seeing uh, well, it. We can't tell anything from that. Agreed. However, I do have an image enhancement programme. Based on the available data, it generates an approximation of how the image might have looked in reality. A bit like when they sculpt a face in clay based on the shape of a skull. Could take a few minutes. Can we track him while we're waiting, see where he goes? Well, I think we already know that. Let's get it confirmed. Flicking from camera to camera, we trace Glitchy Man's journey across the car park, into the mall, up the escalators until he arrives outside Lindsay's church on the fifth floor. So I, uh, assume you watched the clip I sent earlier? Mm, I did. I've got the full version here if you want to see it. Did you watch it all the way through? Only for the purposes of the investigation. Not really my cup of tea, but I'd imagine there's definitely a market for it. What happens after? Uh, he disappears, she makes herself decent and heads out. I tracked her, she went to the hospital. Mm. Thursday's visiting day. I bumped into her there. After you'd watched the video? Yeah. Awkward. Mm. It's done? Uh, yep. Let's see, then. Okay. The image generated by the enhancement software cascades down the screen from top to bottom, slowly revealing the face behind the hair mask. No, 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 this is impossible. That isn't me. Calm down. I had nothing to do with Evie going missing, and I didn't shag the vicar, okay? I swear to you. Why does he look like me? There'll be a reason, and we'll find out. Jesus, I'm being bloody haunted by myself. Take some deep breaths. It's not going to help if you panic. Oh, what does it want? God, what the hell does it want? Sorry, I'm late. Oh, don't worry. You look great. It took longer than expected to make myself presentable. I got you a drink. Black Russian, right? Uh, I should stay sober tonight. Go on. Just have one. Hair of the dog. Is that doctor's orders? Never trust a doctor when it comes to alcohol intake. We don't practice what we preach. I popped in to see Evie this afternoon, but the nurses were with her. Is she okay? She's completely fine. Well, that's good. When do you think she'll be discharged? It'll be a few more days, I would think. Have you got the results back from your genetic analysis yet? That's confidential. Does she have the mutant gene? That's also confidential. It just seemed as if something was going on. And you don't like being kept out of the loop. I'm a police officer. It's my job to know what's going on. And I'm a doctor. It's my job to uphold patient confidentiality. So something is going on? There has been a development, a really quite unexpected development, but there is no way I can tell you anything more about it. Now, I think we should change the subject. Get back to me and you. There's a me and you? That's what we're here for, Detective, to find out. For a brief moment, as we're leaving the bar and walking back to the car park, the rain ceases and the sky clears. The full moon reflects in the puddles and Harlan sparkles in a way I have never seen it do before. Dr Jim has beautiful eyes, listening eyes. He seems to hear me. Where are your parents? I don't have any. There was only my mum and she was killed in a car accident. How awful. How old were you? Only five. I can't really remember her. The odd images, but sometimes in dreams I feel like she's there. So, where did you grow up? All over. 
I was fostered, so I lived with lots of different families. Was that a terrible experience? Oh, it was a spectrum. Good, bad and ugly. Here we are. So? So? Uh, your place? Uh, definitely not my place. My place, then. <laughs> are you allowed to use your car for personal journeys? Mm, not really. The trip will be in the memory. Won't they check up on you? I'll say I needed to interview you again. At 11 at night? Uh, some things can't wait till morning. He kisses me, pushing me up against the side of the car in the moonlight. <clears throat> A glitching image keeps intruding, and I feel myself in another place for split seconds at a time. Is everything all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Don't stop kissing me. The crow perched on the body of a woman in a moonlit field. Kiss me. On her finger, the image of the hair. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh. Ignore it. No, I can't. Stop, Jim. It's the urgent ringtone from Control. I have to get this. D.I. Ward. Okay, I'll be there right away. When I arrive at the Briarwood estate, uniformed officers are already struggling to put up the white plastic tent that will be used to cover the body. Arc lights are being set up to assist with the fingertip search for evidence. Hi, Sarah. You're looking glam. I hope you haven't been dragged away from anything nice. Who called it in? One of the evacuated residents popped back to get something from their house. Where's the body? This way. They haven't got it down yet, so you can still see it in situ. We pass the police tape cordon and go beyond the security fencing that surrounds the sinkhole. On the far side is a crane lorry, presumably brought in by the council to assist with investigating the hole. The crane itself is pointing upwards, almost at a 90-degree angle from the ground. A body hangs lifelessly from the top, a noose clearly visible around the neck. We haven't identified it yet. Hopefully there'll be a phone or a driver's licence on the body. I know who it is. It's Jess Clark, the school teacher. How do you know it's her? I dreamt she would die. And now it's happened. Before the beginning of history, when this place was grassland and forest, before there was concrete and shopping malls and online dating and karaoke bars and existential neurologists and binge drinking, before all this, the leader of the coven was a hair witch. She was connected to fertility and the devil and the land that still lies beneath our feet. And she shapeshifted with the moon. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.